0: You know, we were really blessed this morning to have Matt. And do you know, he, if you weren't here this morning, he talked about he's going on a three-month sabbatical. And this is his final meeting. So we intend to bleed him dry. And, uh, and, and you can fire all your missiles. And um, so it's just so, so great. Great friend of Hope Center. Why don't you put your hands together and let's welcome Matt as he comes on up. Thanks so much, Matt. Thank you. Wow. Holy Spirit. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. We have the same name. Is it Matt? I thought they were cool. I thought everyone was telling saying to me, I was like, what's going to happen when I open my Bible? <laughs> wow. Whoa, <clears throat> whoa, 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 whoa. It's a powerful microphone. Just, just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you and just repeat this prayer after me Shara makasile te karabakashata la ra bakashata. Roma caleti, Roma ha Just repeat this prayer. Just repeat this prayer after me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Ha. Huh. <laughs> oh Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Oh, and may you never recover. May you I, I you know I you know, uh <laughs> You know, in Acts, where Jesus says, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that what that actually means is you will be being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not a, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then that ceremony will finish, and then you can carry on with the rest of your life as per usual. It's, and you will be being baptized in the Holy Spirit. In other words, it will begin, and you're never meant to get used to it. You're never meant to recover. You're never meant to like be in a Holy Ghost church like this and kind of be like, yeah, I've kind of seen that, done that, been there, kind of got the T-shirt and all that kind of stuff. You're meant to be in an, in an eternal unwrapping of this great gift of the Father that is a gift that will take you the rest of eternity to unwrap. This great baptism in the Holy Spirit that is something that begins and will never, ever, ever End. Man, my prayer, for me at least, and if you'd like it, could be a prayer for you too, but my prayer for me is I want to discover as much of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as I possibly can in my life on earth. You know, uh, uh, I want to swim. I want to dive into the person of the Holy Spirit, I want to go as deep as I... You know, there are, there are fish, there is life in the ocean that exists on the shallow level, and then there is life that exists on the medium level, and there is life that you can only find in the deep level. There's different life at each level, and there's different facets of the Spirit at every level of depth that you discover in Him. ha ha ha. Ha 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 so my just, my just hearty suggestion is just to keep on receiving, keep on, you know, the, when the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they said, they said, look at these guys, they're drunk. And Peter said, it's only nine in the morning. We're not drunk as you suppose. In other words, we're drunk, but just not like you suppose. So my suggestion is spend your whole life drinking. Be- become a Holy Spirit-aholic. Just, 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 just 9 a.m. is too late to start. Just just, go to sleep drunk, wake up drunk, and just get more and more drunk. And the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a safe church to say that in. I know it is because Seth's here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. I think I think tonight. I suspect we may finish with some kind of a fire tunnel system, and um, and and my my I I kind of just uh, I kind of feel a lot of weight, Paul, on what you mentioned just before about this um this refueling, this midair refueling, and I I love that verse that you that you quoted, Romans five five. Now, hope does not disappoint. Whoa, what is disappointment? It's when there is distance between you and your appointment. What is your appointment? Is your appointment the the doctor's appointment you have tomorrow? Is your appointment the job interview you have tomorrow? Is your appointment... What's your appointment? Your, Your appointment is none of those things before it's this. Your appointment is the presence of God. Your appointment is to be being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's your appointment. You've been appointed to stand, live, move, and have your being in the glory of God. That's your appointment. Disappointment happens when there's distance between you and that appointment. (laughs) But there's a hope, a living hope, that anchors you. Whoa, that anchors you. Come on! (laughs) Yahoo! (laughs) Yes! Oh, come on, I've missed this. (laughs) <laughs> ah, so good. Ooh, whoa. Ooh. Ooh hoo, 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 hoo. You know, there's a living hope that anchors us behind the veil. What's behind the veil? Well, we found out this morning, you know, there actually is no veil. (laughs) The veil got torn. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by... The Holy Spirit, who was achieved by us. (laughs) No. (laughs) Who was given to us. You cannot achieve a gift. A gift cannot be achieved. A gift must be received. It's offensive to try and achieve something that's been given to you as a gift. The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. (laughs) Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Wow. Someone said to me soon after I got born again, Matt, I think you're getting too carried away. (laughs) I am way more carried away now than I was back then. I said, God, am I getting too carried away? And God said, just let me carry your way. So if, if anyone here is thinking you're going to be carried away there, mate, just—I already made that decision years ago. <laughs> Whoa! Just get carried away with me. <sighs> Holy Spirit! <laughs> 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 Whoa! 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 Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we got a crash landing. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so what, what I, what I want to do tonight is I just want to speak into this gift of the Holy Spirit and this outpouring of the love of God that is poured into our hearts. And I want to kind of finish tonight, but it doesn't need to begin at the end. It can, begin, it can continue now. Where you can just, in your seat, it doesn't, you don't need to wait till the fire tunnel or the ministry time at the end. You can just let the love of God, by the Holy Spirit, pour into your heart. You can let the love of God just pour into your heart right now. Just as I'm speaking, you don't need to be distracted by me. You can just, you can just let that happen in your heart right now. Because I'll tell you what, that moment that we had at the beginning has not finished yet. That's continuing. That is continuing. That is continuing god wants to go deeper man i want deeper realms of the holy spirit i want to explore the depths of god but a million times more than i want to explore his depths he wants to explore my depths that's one of the most humbling thoughts you'll ever think in your life that god's desire for you is one billion trillion gazillion times more intense than your desire for him and just as i want to go deeper in god god is god is passionate about going deeper in me. Now that is an amazingly wonderful glorious thought. It's an it's uh, it it's just I just feel so honored by that thought. It's also a frightening thought. Because I don't know about you, but I know that not everything deep down in there am I super proud of. <laughs> But God wants it all. God wants it all. God doesn't want to fill 97.5% of my heart with His love by the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill my heart full stop, 100%, inclusive of every chamber, of every cell, of every particle, of every place within me. He wants it filled by His love, by the Holy Spirit. Oh. And, um, and, I, and I just, I just want to, uh, I feel like what I want to speak into for a moment is just the opening of the door of your heart. And uh, it's one thing to say, to say, God, I want you. It's another thing to say, God, I want you. And here I open my heart. Um, this morning I talked about this this vision that I had, and was anyone here this morning? A couple of you were here this morning, cool. I talked about this uh, this this vision I had the other day, where um, where I, I saw this massive like Niagara Falls kind of a, a size waterfall, and uh, but it was a low the the river was running low, and the flow wasn't as big as it was meant to be, and when you looked at the waterfall as it's coming off the kind of horseshoe shaped rock formation. It kind of didn't look like one big river. It looked like a hundred different streams coming through the different cracks in the rocks because the flow wasn't high enough for it to be one solid river. And because the flow wasn't quite high enough, the riverbed underneath the waterfall was uh, was exposed in many places. And in the exposed places that weren't underwater, there was there were things growing on those exposed places—weeds and things like that. And then I watched, and this this. Flash floods started flooding, the river started flowing at a high level, and all of a sudden all those hundreds of streams all became one river, and it just started pouring over the edge of the waterfall. You couldn't see any rocks anymore. It was now a powerful waterfall. It was a waterfall that was created to be, and as the water fell over the edge of the waterfall and hit the bottom and started going along the riverbed, it... It was like a grater on a road. It just, it just bulldozed out all of those weeds and all of those things that weren't meant to be there, and it became the river it was meant to be. And that's the church. Yeah, yeah. That's the church. And when I talk about the river, I'm talking about this gift of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are be, be being baptized in the Holy Spirit. May the river never go low. May it just keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher until it floods the whole earth. <clears throat> And God said to me this, I heard God say, there's a snow melt. And I said, what's the snow melt? And he said, I'm melting the snow in the high places. And I said, what's in the high places? And he said, the church is in the high place. And, I'm, and my finger is, my hand, my, my love is pouring out on the hearts of the people in the church. On the hearts of the people in the church, and I'm melting their hearts. And my kindness and my mercy is about to surprise people in the most profound ways. Even people that think they are beyond surprising, who think they've experienced it all, who think they've already discovered all there is to know about the mercy, kindness, and love of God are about to be surprised by His kindness, love, and mercy. That God is melting, melting, melting hearts with love. And as the snow melts, the river flows. As the snow melts, the river flows. And so I just feel like God is, I I mentioned that this morning. We prayed into that this morning. But I want to continue going after that today, uh, this afternoon. And I want to talk about the fact that we're living in a season of light right now. I may have mentioned it even last time I was here. I'm not sure. I've been mentioning it everywhere. But God began to speak to me about the fact that we're in a season of light about two months before COVID uh, erupted on the planet and, um, you know, happened. And, uh, and about two months before that, God said to me, um, we, the world right now is in a season of light. And what you're about to see happen is you're about to see darkness disappear and evil get exposed. You're about, people are about to go through um, things where, where pain that has been hiding long term, things that have been hiding in the shadows in their hearts, things that maybe they're not even aware of, things that they, like, uh, like like hurts from years and years and years ago that they thought they'd gotten over and that they thought they'd gotten through, but if they'd, they'd really kind of just swept it under the rug. Those things are going to start surfacing in this time because light is shining at a degree that it wasn't shining at a few months, a few years ago. And and it's important to know in a season of light that if God reveals it, God heals it. If God reveals it, God heals it. That we're in a season of light, and you can look, um, you might be able to relate to this personally. You might feel in this room like, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. It feels like the light of God is this warming, glorious, wonderful presence. And it's also exposing. It also calls you out. And if something needs to be addressed, when the light of God comes, and the love of God comes, it's not a, it's not a, um, uh, it's not a, like a, a violent exposure or a, an abusive exposure. But what the love of God does is it draws it draws your dysfunction, your pain, your shame, all those things to the surface, not so that it can rub it, rub it in your face and say, "Ha, huh, look how." Look how horrible your life is. (laughs) But the love of God draws that to the surface so that the love of God can deal with it, and it's the weeds being scraped off the riverbed. And that's something that's happening right now in people's personal lives. But that's also happening in the world right now. Um, I personally know of um, at least one, possibly multiple cases of, I know one is the, the largest organized pedophilia ring that has ever been taken down in human history just happened not so long ago. My friend was involved in the takedown. And there are things being... And these, these this pedophile ring goes right up to the highest levels of society. And it, and it just got destroyed. And people said, that's impossible. You'll never be able to do it. But it's happened. And there are things being exposed right now. And there is... There is a season of light, and, and the demons that are being exposed right now are not going without kicking up kind of a tantrum. There's not, it's not happening without a little bit of collateral damage. There's some stuff going on in the world, and you can see that there's a little bit of turmoil in the atmosphere, but it's because the light of God's pouring out on the planet right now. And we're going into a snow melt. God's melting the heart of the church, and the river's about to flow at a strength and a ferocity that is going to bring everything into alignment. And, the, and it starts right here. It starts right there in you, right here in me. Um, in Mark 11, Jesus is, is walking with the lads, and he sees this fig tree, and, um, and he sees this fig tree, and he's walking past, and he's like, I wonder if it's got some figs. And of course, it's not the season for figs. And so everyone knows it's not the season for figs, but Jesus is still looking for figs, which is strange. And he looks at the fig tree, the boys are with him, and he gets kind of angry at the fig tree. Which is kind of a weird thing when you think about that, right? He gets angry at this fig tree, and then the creator of the universe, God Almighty in the flesh, curses the fig tree. Which is also a strange thing. And then the guys are like, "Wow, that was a little bit left field. And then they carry on walking. And... uh, (laughs) That's kind of what happens. And then they come back sometime later, and they're, and they're like, whoa, dude. It's completely withered up. It's dead. You actually, you actually for real cursed that fig tree. Now, what's that all about? Well, if you, if you uh, follow this, this old rabbinical law, which is the law of first mention, and you, and you think back to the first mention of the fig tree, the first mention of the fig tree is it's the place that Adam and Eve hid were they, were they, and why did they hide? Because they tried to do something on their own strength and their own self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency. They tried to fend for themselves, find for themselves, find their own way forward, and they chose autonomy from God. They ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they realized what they had done, and they hid from God. Now, what is that hiding? That hiding—that's what—that's what we are always tempted to do, when we mess up, or when we, or when we do something, or when we have an awareness that we're not enough, and we and we we hide ourselves until we can be sufficient enough to clean up our own mess. But we are never sufficient enough to clean up our own mess because a mess we've made is too big for us to clean up on our own. But nonetheless, human beings. We just have this temptation to hide behind the fig tree, behind the fig leaves. And what Jesus is doing is he's, this is a prophetic act from God. He's saying, I'm cursing the fig tree. In other words, the, the places you've been hiding behind, they're drying up, they're shriveling up, and they're dying. When the, light of, when the light comes, the hiding places dry up. Those things that we're hiding behind, those things that we're trying to find sufficiency behind, those things that we're trying to, um, that, that we've, we're learning to trust in, at the expense of trusting in God, those things are drying up. Now, if you are trusting in something at the expense of trusting in God, now there are things that you can trust in, like I trust my wife, for example, but not at the expense of trusting in God. My trust in my wife is um, it help, it, 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 it's conducive to my trust in God. But there's other things that if I put my trust in those things, I can at the expense of having trust in God. And those things, if there are any of those things in your life, just be aware that they may possibly, there is a possibility that they may start to dry up. Because God would rather teach you how to trust Him and teach you that you don't need to be sufficient in your own strength, but you can trust in His strength and in His capacity and in His leadership. And you don't need a fig tree to cover you because He wants to be your covering. Another scripture that's on my heart right now, and this is a little bit of a one, this one. And this is it. Revelation 3. And I love this scripture. And I'm, you know, the, the rabbis um, from ancient days have believed that scripture and the revelation of scripture is like a diamond. Every revelation is multifaceted. Every scripture is, has a multifaceted Revelation to it. In other words, you can look at it from all sorts of different angles, and there's there's multiple different interpretations that add that add to one another, that add strength to one another. And so, what I'm going to do with this passage from the Book of Revelation, chapter three, is I want to offer um, a, a different facet of the diamond. I don't want that facet necessarily to take away from anything else you've heard, but possibly just to add strength and to add a different perspective and a different angle to this passage. Okay? Is that cool? All right. So, Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 14. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, by the way, lukewarm, in those days it was known, and and apparently it's known today too, although I didn't know this, that it's known that a lukewarm drink actually actually physically does make you nauseous. Does anyone else know that? That's, that's what I thought too. I was like, that's news to me. But apparently, at least back then, it was known that lukewarm drinks, they, they just make you nauseous. It's true. Okay, yeah, cool. right? right. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that as a practical life tip as well. Um, <clears throat> Either cold nor hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. We're talking about the love of God tonight and being filled with the love of God by the Holy Spirit. And this scripture does not take away from that, but I'm going to explain that in a second. I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, what, does, what is lukewarm? The, in verse 17, the next verse he gives a description of what lukewarm is and lukewarm you'll see in a second is a picture of what life looks like hiding behind a fig leaf because you say i am rich have become wealthy have uh, have need of nothing and you do not know that you're a wretched miserable poor blind and naked what is lukewarm lukewarm is this no, I've already got it all sorted. Everything's done. I'm rich. I'm, I'm, I don't need anything. I'm cool. I don't need any help. Everything's cool. I've got it all under control. I've, I've got it here. I've got that. It's all good. Yep, it's good. And God's like, no, it's not good. <laughs> you, you've managed to do all this stuff on your own, but that's to your own detriment. That's not good because you've done all these things and everything looks all cool, but it's at the expense of my presence being in your life. I long to be in your life. If you were cold, at least I could tempt you to be hot, but you're lukewarm. You think you've got everything together. You think you don't need anything. You think you're self-sufficient, but it's a lie. The only way for you to truly be sufficient is in Him. I wish you would just be, even cold would be good. But lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Now, one way of understanding that is this um most most theologians and most people would say this that there's a disgust in the heart of God towards the lukewarm now I don 't want to mention any I don't want to even comment on that that's not my purpose tonight but what I do want to say is there's another angle that you can look at that from and that's this that 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 lukewarm life that thought of you being self-sufficient that thought of you living behind a fig leaf hidden from him away from him that thought of God's desire for you is that He would, He would, He is passionate about going deep into your heart. He wants all of your heart, and so the thought of you being closed off to Him, and saying, "No, I mean, God, I think I've got it all good," and He's like, "Are you sure? Because I'm really, I'm really wanting to come in. I'm really wanting to do life with you." No, no, I've got it good. Don't bother yourself. You know, Um, there's probably other people that need your help. I'm good. I've got it all under. I've got it all under control. That thought of you living your life apart from God's uh, continual presence, is, is grieving to God to the point of making him nauseous. And I was reading this one day, and I went into this vision, and I saw this, this wife of, uh, like an army wife at home, and I was, it was like a World War II scene, and I saw this car come up the driveway in the vision, and the guy, the officer got out of the car and had the... um. The hat took the hat off, came to the front door, and the wife starts trembling in the vision, and she like opens the door, and he says, I really regret to inform you that your husband was killed in the line of duty, and she falls to her knees, and grief grips her heart to the point that she starts to dry reach. That was a vision that I had, and God said, that is what it's like for me. The, 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 the thought of people closing the door to me, the thought of people saying, hey, I'm good on my own, I'm good in my own way. The thought of even one part of your life being like that is nauseating to God to the point because He loves you so much. He longs to be with you so much that the grief of doing life without you, I mean, God would rather die than live without you. That's why He died. He's already died to have you. That's how much he wants you. And so the thought of doing life at a distance from you, even if it's a 10% distance, even if it's a tithe of a distance, is a horrible feeling to him. And so the verse carries on. "I I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. I I honestly feel like I I never talk about like repentance really, but I feel like we're as a church we're coming into a time of like repentance. And it's, it's going to be glorious. But God's going to touch things in people's lives. And it might be painful for a moment. You know, the night, there might be a night that lasts a moment, but joy comes in the morning. And and I just feel like God's about to touch things in people's lives. And I'm sharing this for, for right now, for tonight. I believe God's going to fill spaces in people's hearts tonight. But I'm saying this as well for what you, I feel like people are going to walk into Where things are going to start to be exposed. Fig trees are going to start to die in your life. Fig leaves are going to start to wither away in your life, and you're going to start to. Some of you are going to start to feel awkwardly exposed before God. And there's going to be this moment that you step into where, what am I going to do? Am I going to keep trying to find hiding places even though they're getting less and less options? (laughs) You know, it's like the, it's like the, you know, on the movie Transformers, the Transformer trying to hide behind that tree. You know, like. Don't think he can see me. And he's like 500 times bigger than the tree. It's like a little shrub. You know, like you're going to start losing your hiding places. That's what happens when the glory comes. We're all praying for the glory to come. That's what happens. Oh. And then in verse 20, and this is it. And I'm going to share with you a story in a second about something that happened to me around this verse. Behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and dine with him and he with me to him who overcomes i will grant to sit with me on my throne as i also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne behold i stand at the door and knock this is in the same breath as the lukewarm i vomit you out of my mouth and obviously, the disgust is not enough for him to say, hey, you're never coming back. It's a, it's a grief, and he's continually knocking. He's like, come on, man, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Let me in. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Let me in. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Let me in. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Let me in. Let me in. And some of you are like, yeah, I've let Jesus in. I'm not talking about just saying the sinner's prayer. I'm saying this is a process of letting God deeper and then deeper and then deeper and then deeper, and then deeper, and then you think, man, I think I've let God into all of my heart, and then he knocks on another door, and you're like, far out, I didn't even realize that room was there, and then and then you get into that room, and then you realize that room has 500 other doors that go to all sorts of other rooms, and you're like, oh my goodness, this God just keeps wanting to go deeper, and, de-. and then you think, man, God, I don't think I can handle any more, I don't think you can go any deeper, and then he just deeper, and deeper, and and God wants to go deeper in you, some of you are aware right now that there are things like, oh, I do not want God to see that. <laughs> I'm not comfortable sharing that part of my life with God. I, I'm, I mean, uh, you know, I'm happy for to trust God with my eternal destination. I'm happy to trust God with, um, with some of the things in my life. I'm happy to trust God for even for miracles for other people. But when it comes to my finances, man, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be making those decisions. Like there are doors that he's going to start knocking on of self sufficiency. (laughs) And there's an invitation. And every time there's an invitation, there's grace to respond to the invitation. There's an invitation that God is inviting people into a greater trust. And you don't need to conjure that trust up in your own self sufficiency. The trust is a gift that you can receive if you just open the door. Now, I'll tell you this story. Um, and, and I could tell you many different stories of many different contexts, but this is just one of many stories where I have discovered the beauty of this truth. I, was, um, I had had this, uh, this crazy argument with my wife. And uh, this, is, this is a shame story, by the way. I had this crazy argument with my wife, and it was like, just not nice, you know, just not nice. I mean, they're never nice. And oh, you guys don't have them, but I had an argument with my wife. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and then I was, I was uh, just feeling pretty bad about that and just feeling a little bit ashamed of some of my behavior and feeling like, oh, far out. I wouldn't want anyone to know about that. That's just not, not me at my, at my finest, you know. Just, uh, gosh, that sucked. Man, I can't believe that and just feeling pretty stink. And we had an intern program at the time, and our interns were all there. And it was Tuesday morning. It was uh, the Tuesday, obviously, after that weekend that I had the argument. Walked in, and my role was to lead this thing, this intern school. And the first thing that we were doing was leading this prayer meeting with these interns. And so, uh, we put the music on. And honestly, what I felt like doing is I felt like Look, I was looking around where the nearest cave was. I just wanted to go and hide in a cave. I was like, maybe I'll just tell them I'm sick. Maybe they can all go home and have an early day today. And I'll just go home, and I'm just going to go into bed. I'm going to pull the, sh- the blanket over my head, and I'm just going to hide underneath a fig leaf for the rest of the day and pretend I don't exist. You know, that's, I, felt, I, felt, I physically just felt like hiding from the world because I just felt like, and, you know, it was probably a little bit of a molehill, but the enemy loves to make mountains out of molehills, and so it was just escalating on the inside of me. I was on a downward spiral of self-condemnation, and I was on this quest to, like, shivers, I've got to make, before I kind of can do anything, before I can be effective in the kingdom, before I can connect with God. This was all subconscious, by the way. I learned all this in hindsight. But before I can kind of connect deeply with God, I've got to, I've got to clean my mess up first. I mean, not my mess. I'd already made things right with my wife, but I've got to clean this mess and hair up. I've got to get rid of the shame. I've got to get rid of this on my own, and then I can connect with God. Then I can pray. Then I can lead this internship. Then I can do these things. And um, I put the music on, and and I just remember thinking, oh, I've got nothing, man. And so this, uh, I just went like this. Here's the wall, and I just leant against the wall like this. And the, the interns, they all started singing and worshiping Jesus, and they were praying, and I was just there, silent, like wishing I wasn't in the room and um, and then I had my eyes closed, and I just thought, god I've got nothing, and that God I've got nothing was the was just where God wanted me to be because I, with my eyes closed, I looked in the spirit, and I saw Jesus standing in front of me and in my in my spirit, you know in, in my mind's eye, I saw Jesus standing in front of me, and he had this massive grin on his face like he was so happy to see me there was no shortage of joy in the face of jesus and 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 i was like hey don't you know everything <laughs> like don't you shouldn't have that smile on your face i thought you knew everything now god knows everything about me he knew everything i'd gone through but he didn't know it from me yet i hadn't shared it with him it's one thing to know about someone it's another thing to know someone knowing someone requires their conscious interaction <laughs> God knows everything there is to know about you, that doesn't mean He knows you. It's one thing to know God, it's another thing to be known by God. Many people in that day will say we cast out they cast out demons, they prophesied. But I will say, Depart from me, for I never I never knew you. Not you never knew me, I never knew you. Doesn't God know everyone? No, He knows about everyone, He designed everyone he 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 knows he knows what your future looks like what your past he knows everything there is to know about you but knowing you is the experience that we go through when we share life consciously with one another it requires you sharing it god wants to know you not just know about you that requires you taking these aspects of your life laying them out on the table and saying god I want to talk to you. I want to invite you into this area. Know me in my finances. Know me in my marriage. Know me in my decision to buy this next house. Know me in this disagreement I've had with my friend. Know me in these places. And so Jesus is there, and he's knowing about me, but he's not knowing the story from me. And he's got this big smile, and he's like, hey, is like super stoked to see me? Like, yeah. And I'm thinking... Now, by the way, I'd been preaching messages on the love of God all around the place, all, all over the world. And I'm confronted with my own message at this point. And I said, and I thought, okay, I know that you're knocking on the door of my heart, but what I'm thinking is this. I don't know if I can handle opening the door because I have this, this, this terrible feeling that if you, if you come in, if I show you into that room in my heart where I've just had this argument, into that shame space in me, that I'm trying to cover up and sort out on my own strength under self-sufficiency, if I invite you into that place, I, my fear is what's going to happen to that smile? What's going to happen to that look in your eyes, Jesus? Are you going to have the same look in your eyes? Like, are you going to see me differently? Are you going to change your perspective on me? Are you still going to love me the same? Now, guys, I preach this message all over the world. God's love for you never changes. But I'm confronted by my own message at this point. And I say, oh, stuff it. I'm just, I just, you know, ah. And I just got my hand. I just opened that door. And Jesus came in. And, I, and in my imagination, in my mind's eye, I just I said, okay, Jesus, this is what I just walked through. And I just walked him through the argument that I had with my wife. And I let him see everything. I said, you know, I, I did this, and she and did this, and da-da-da, and da-da-da, and, it, and I just let him in. And I was feeling dark. I was feeling depressed. I was feeling like hiding. I was feeling like, man, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I can't do this. I'm insufficient. I'm inadequate. I, uh, why am I even... Why am I even leading in this church, let alone, I mean, why am I even alive? What am I even doing on planet earth? I was in that kind of place. Like I'd gone down a full big spiral. And um, and as I looked at Jesus' face, I saw his smile never changed. His eyes towards me never changed. His love never faltered. And he went through everything. He looked at everything. And, every, and everywhere he walked and everywhere he went in that room in my heart, he made it all clean. And... And now that's, that's, of course, that's just a vision. That's just an imagination. But honestly, honestly, I felt like I could jump through the roof. Like I was a different person. Like something had, the light got into, I let the light into that space of darkness in my heart. And I felt the, the hope by the love of God, by the Spirit, I felt hope restored on the inside of me. I felt like this life just exploded in me. I, all of a sudden, was the loudest prayer. I was the loudest singer. I was the loudest shakamahundara. I was running around. I was like, yes, Jesus! I was just like, I just felt the fire of God just explode. I mean, I and, and I didn't clean up one centimeter of it. All I did was open the door, and Jesus came in. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What is that word? Pure mean, blessed are the pure in heart. It's taken from a phrase taken from King David's Psalms, and in the Hebrew, that word pure. If you look into the, if you research it out, it literally means this. It means someone who has a mess inside their tent, opening the door to someone greater than them and saying, "Come and help me clean it up." That's what pure is. Pure is saying, "I can't do this on my own." Pure is saying, "Every bit, every aspect, God, I, I can't." I, there's not one, one micromillimeter of my life that can exist functionally outside of you being in that room in my heart. God wants to go deeper in you. God wants to dry up every single fig leaf. And we're going into a time where there's been a season of grace where God's like, okay, you can have your fig leaf for a little while. I can be patient with you. But we're going into a time where those fig leaves are just going to start evaporating and we're going to need to make the decision what are we going to do what are we going to do when the knock starts knocking for the last year now I've had doors opening involuntarily as I walk next to them I walk next to them no wind nothing and the door just goes it's almost like you know You know, some people would think it's kind of like a horror movie, but it's a it's a holy ghost movie. And I just know that God's like talking to me about now the door in the room. God's there's a door opening in the spirit, and a door opening in the spirit is always in conjunction to doors opening in hearts. God's love is here by the spirit tonight. And there's a restoration of hope. There's a refueling of hope. And you don't need to land the plane. You don't need to write your life off. And you don't need to, uh, you, you don't, you don't need to stop everything. But even mid-air, you can just say, hey, here I am. There's something I want to show you into. There's something I've been trying to do on my own strength. Now, you might be living 99% of your life in the strength of God, but that 1%, get ready, because God's going to start touching those 1% of things, because He's melting the snow. He's melting the snow in the high places. And the result of it is going to be a massive outpouring. But that outpouring of the Spirit that we're all crying out for, I'll tell you where it starts. It starts in the center of your heart. It starts in the middle of who you are. It starts right in you. It doesn't start out there somewhere. It starts right in here. And if you think, yeah, it starts right in here with the person next to me. No, it starts right in here for you. It starts right in here for me. So, why don't we. Whoa. Romans 5 5. I love this. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out. <laughs> <Mean ello> you know, it's interesting. I've been noticing this. At Potidor and here, there are actually pockets. On this space right here, that have a thicker degree of glory and of the presence of God than, other than the rest of the space. Have you noticed that? It's like right here is a good one. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Whoa, can I get the worship team up? Can you guys come up? Whoa. Shoo! You know, I I always wonder why everyone doesn't just rush for the spot when you say stuff like that. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I really do not want to move. So good. Now, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That's what I believe God wants to do. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Have the um, the team are gonna oh are gonna play Hope. Oh. and ca- if I can get some of the um, some of the tunnelers. can we get some of the tunnelers? let's form a, let's form a let's form a tunnel let's form a tunnel and this is going to be like a, a refueling tunnel it's going to be a refueling tunnel and it's going to be a tunnel and at the beginning of the tunnel it's going to be a knock knock knock. And as you step into the tunnel, what, you, what you're saying to the Lord by stepping into the, into the tunnel is, God, when you knock, my door's open. And what we're going to trust now, you don't, need to, you don't need to wrestle God into your heart. You don't need to try and entice God into your heart. You don't need to do anything to get God to come in. All you need to do is literally say yes to your door opening. And God will do the rest. So as you come through the tunnel, my suggestion to you is just come through with, an, with, with a heart that says yes. And just let God flood you. Don't even try and think, are there areas in my life that I need to address? And da 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 God will touch on things that he wants to touch on. And if he does, just open that door. How do you open that door? Just let that part of you say, yes, God. I don't want to try and cope with this on my own anymore. Come into that space. Cool. Oh, okay, let's get, the, let's get the tunnelers up. Let's get the tunnelers up. Oh, let's, um. oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, Jesus. And I just want you to just put, put your hands out in front of you. And just before we do this, we're just going to pray. And just I just want to ask you to just to get in the receive mode right now. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We ask you to show us your glory tonight. We thank you that there's no veil. We thank you for the snow melt. And God, we're saying to you, and I just want to ask you, if this is you, if you're, if you're wanting to agree with this, just agree with it. God, we say, begin in us. Begin right in here. If, if you want this, just put your hand on your heart right now and say this. Just say, Holy Spirit, begin here. Anywhere there's snow in there, God, melt the snow with your love. <laughs> All right, when you're ready, guys, you, you can come up this way. So stand on up and feel free. Come through the tunnel. We're going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, ha. <laughs>